Material Components, Season 2, Episode 41, The Children of Aetir, Part 1. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I am your humble dragon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. I Heck am yeah. very happy to be here. You know what? Thank you for being here. Hmm. Is this the first time? Wait a minute. Oh, no. Are Playback we tape. players and we friends? terrible friends? I feel like I've said thank you oh. before. Oh, I. It's just it gets called out when Reed does it because he's special little boy. Reed, only you get advantage on all your d twenty rolls tonight. Every time, every it won't time. help. Yeah. <laughs> every every time you roll a d twenty, you'll get advantage tonight. I promise. All right, we got to figure out a way to force a luck roll. <laughs> yeah, I got to get a d20 for something. Uh, I'm going to get everyone. Give me your XP now. <laughs> okay, once again, help. I probably have the most. So. Joke's on you. It loops back around after a d12. Um, but who are you people? Besides Reed. Great question. I am Olivia, and I play Florian of Akalar. I am Elliot, and I play Shay. I am Michael, and I'm playing Oswald, Octavian Theophilus III. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I have to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is, Elliot, do you remember what happened last time? I do. We, I mean, so, I mean, we're finished on Akalar, so we started making our way Somewhere, and that is when we began our great discussion about what exactly it is that we were going to do. Um, mm. Because we know where the children of Aetir are. We've had a, a good chat with our... What did we start calling him? Because we were trying to not say captive and... <laughs> Non-consensual co-worker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he built beans about a lot of stuff because we managed to convince him that he was doing something bad. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up deciding that we were going to go take care of it because we didn't quite trust uh, either Vast Plane or the Coal Foundation corporate level to deal with it and not have something worse happen afterwards, I think was the consensus. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, and I've been in contact with a certain Mr. Zinn, and he feels personally attacked. I'm just going to say that yeah, right well, now. well, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> bummer. Like a, like a him problem. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a Zinn problem. So <laughs> we started coming up with a plan to confront uh, at least Nasir, if not the entirety of the children of Aetir, because uh, they are located in the system of Awari 6 on a previously habited planet uh, that is no longer such. And we ended up deciding that we would call in the mercenary group that we met uh, on Saram, off of Saram. Mm -hmm. uh, Red dogs. Morph. That's, woof, their, woof, that's their, their, the yeah, their call sign. 
out. That's what it says in the business cards is red dogs, borf. Red dogs, borf. Boof. And use them as a distraction uh, while we kind of sneak in the back, so to speak, and confront Nasir and take care of the gods tech and try to clean everything up and do it perfectly and nothing bad will happen. It's true. That is yep. the plan. <laughs> As, just for a quick point of clarification, you're going to the Awari system. Awari 6 is the planet that you are oh, headed oh, to. Oh, 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 gotcha, 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 gotcha. It being the sixth planet within the... In the system. Exactly. Gotcha. But, Seems like a sensible way to name something, well, honestly. <laughs> it's a lazy way to name things, is what it is. But... I mean, when you've got a whole galaxy, what are you going to do? Yeah, and whoever's naming all this stuff, I mean, he's only got so much time in the day. <laughs> Hole. Try <laughs> harder, bud. But leastways, yes, Oracle, si Oracle Zero has arrived at the Awari system after a brief jaunt across the galaxy in which you had time to plan and discuss exactly what it's going to take to bring down, well, maybe not bring down the children of A-tier, but at the very least, find a way to your objective, which is ultimately the god's tech. Yeah. Now, question for you, Mike. Are there any specific instances of people destroying god's tech and them having terrible, terrible repercussions? Or if it, it oh no, it's broken, it's just parts now. Yes. Cool, great. Glad I know that. Excellent. The answer is C. All of the above. Love but it. We have, but we have Oswald, who has previously, you know, done things to access God's tech that are definitely safe, and he's super good at that. I believe the the correct term was fiddled with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have an expert fiddler. It's true. But like Nero himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always oh. bugged me, by the way. I don't think they had fiddles in Rome. The instruments adjacent to fiddles. Like, it'd be a liar, right? Well, I'm a liar, but that's only because I'm the DM and I have to hold certain truths back from you. Leastways, as the four of you, plus Duma, plus your captured co-worker assistant new terrorist best friend yeah. <laughs> call him oh, he's the last one we'll call him a research assistant research assistant there we go yeah. tactical asset there Ooh, we go like okay that. yeah that's good yes the the man known as harcourt you have traveled to the Awari system with the intent of meeting up with Red's Dogs, the mercenary company led by the somewhat off-putting personage of Red Bartlett, a mustachioed mercenary of ill repute. With smoking in a closed system. <laughs> but upon reaching the destination, the Awari system... You have a little bit of time before you suspect that Red's dogs will be meeting up to you. You've received a communique indicating that he will arrive within the hour with his mercenaries in tow. 
And so while you are at the edges of the system, you have a few scant moments to get yourselves together. You've discussed the plans on the way here of what precisely is going to be needed to get in, get out, and do what you need to do. With those plans now settled, you have a little bit of time before the mercenaries show up and this whole thing kicks off. Are there any last-minute preparations, Oracle Zero, that you wish to do? Take that as a no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have more guns? I would love to have more guns. Like, yeah. big, awesome, just ass-kicking guns. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well... Assuming none of you found a way of making more guns, that is a little bit out of the realm of possibility. Unless you decided to stop off somewhere and buy some guns. Oh, like the, uh, Walmart. the planet of Snackalar is well known. They only have stocking. snacks. <laughs> Question. Do, did any of us get some sort of etheric business card that had some sort of... I don't know, circle with a banana on it at some point. Are we missing that in our inventory? No, there's nothing no, like okay, that. Just double checking. I don't know what that would be. Why why would you need something like that? But no, yeah, nothing like say. nothing like, like that what exists. What the fuck is a banana? Yeah. Bananas haven't existed for millions of years. I mean, <laughs> where we're at on the Omotep Unified timeline, I don't even know if he has a shop at this point. So, but that's neither here nor there. It's everywhere. It is <laughs> As the Tiresian waits on the edge of the system, the Oari system has a dozen worlds to it, which is a lot for a planetary system. The fact that the sixth planet is one of the garden worlds indicates just how like jam-packed the system is, and the fact that it is not even the only garden world in this system. There are two other planets in this system that are habitable, technically. I say technically because they are on the outer edges of Habitable, as opposed to Awari 6, which is just right. A Goldilocks world, if you will. Beautiful. One's too hot, the other's too cold, and this one's just right. But as you linger at the edges of the system, out beyond the smaller planetoids that make up the last orbiting bodies of Awari, you are aware when the Red's dogs show up because you are hailed almost immediately. Your ship's wide-range sensors, which you've begun to tinker with now that you've had a little bit of time, you know that the Tiresian is capable of making sensor detections across entire systems. This ship seemed to have been designed for long-range surveillance and really digging into those systems. I would assume probably Oswald and Shay specifically. You would know that even from your position right now at the very far edges of the solar system here, you can detect transmissions on the surface of Oari 6. Oh, shit. You can't intercept them necessarily, or if you can, you haven't found the button that does that on this ship but you are aware of the fact that there are signals coming from the planet. All right, everybody start pushing buttons. Yep, that'll nope. solve it. And there's the airlock. Does, um... <laughs> Ooh, why was that the first if we If we can detect those transmissions, does it, does it seem like they are just cross-planetary, or do they seem like they're contacting somebody outside the system? 
based on signal strength, you would guess that it is intraplanetary, so it's just on that planet. The ship that arrives at the edge of the system, not far from where you are, as the warp points would be similar regardless, you have to keep an eye out just in case the children of A-Tier decide to skip the system. They would be heading to your current position to warp out of the system if they needed to. Good to know. But the ship that arrives is a bulky, heavily modified freighter that is bright crimson and black. There is a big, cartoonish-looking dog on the side, anthropomorphized in a way to look like a lichen, but a lichen who has a cigar hanging out of his jaws. It's in poor taste. Yeah, I was gonna say, that seems not great. No, it's not. Yeah, because... Red was a Midrian, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Ooh. And like I said, it's cartoonish in its visage. Like, imagine a really awful version of Goofy combined with, mm, I don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Commando. Wow. So, so just, just short of art. So <laughs> Spike from Tom and Jerry. Sure. But this ship has clearly been modified to include a lot of heavy armaments, including what appear to be ship-to-ship batteries. There is an immense what looks like a gun that is not built for the size of ship that this is, kind of ramshackly underslung beneath the hull of this one. So they've taken a, a, a gun from a larger class of ship and bolted it to the bottom of theirs. That's that's smart. That's really so, real clever on that. So Good I'm, on them. I'm I'm learning that speed and maneuverability is not this ship's strong suits. No, 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 no. I don't think structure thing, is its strong suit either. How would this thing fire without completely just shooting it off towards the sun? You know what I mean? Or ripping that, out the bottom of its hull is a lot of the yeah. questions you have. Magic. You I'm see. To wonder if, hmm. <laughs> Slapped on the side, painted in a garish yellow, the name of the Hound's Gun. Well, that's not very creative at all. Borf. Would you, would you rather it say that on there? The Borfer. Yes. Yeah. Yes, actually, I would rather yeah. it be called the Borfer. Das Borf. Das, das Borf. Borf. <laughs> and as soon as the ship comes into visual range, you uh, visual range, you are hailed. Who's picking up the phone? I got it. Yeah, this is the Tiresian. And your communications array on the bridge lights up as a small hologram is projected above the console. And you see this tall, somewhat... uh, Saying he looks weather-beaten is probably not the right terminology. He looks... Rough and tumble in so far as he's clearly kitted out like a mercenary, but Red Bartlett is a man who is dressed to impress a certain clientele. He is what he thinks people want to see out of a mercenary with bandoliers of what you don't know, but uh, probably grenades of some kind or another, small explosive charges. He's just Eric Prince. This is awful. (laughs) He has a 
thick, bushy mustache, a cigar clamped on one side of his mouth, and he will greet you and say, Hey, buddy, what's up? Yeah. Welcome to the Oari system. Yeah, real shithole out here. Mm. So what's the play? Well, is the plan. And then, like, I lay, I, I, I start doing the whole, like, uh, this is where we believe they're located. Based on the information that we have, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we're going to do, uh, you know, a pincer movement or or what have you. You go in first. We, we attack from the rear and just smash them. And he kind of gives a nod and says, so your uh, ship has guns that I don't see then? No. No. So how are you planning on attacking then? Eh? Going to throw rocks at them or something? Yeah, big rocks. So you've got like a tractor beam or something then? No, I've got a it, it seems like he wasn't kidding about the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> no, we picked, we picked the sensor array ship. <laughs> Wait, so when you say we got to uh, attack these guys, you're talking about a ground assault then? I mean, you don't have to. I guess yeah, you look. could do an orbital bombardment. Yeah. That'd solve this real quick, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just straight up nuke them from Potentially. I mean, hey, uh, Florian, you're standing there. You don't have to do gestures of like, cut the mic, cut the mic. You could say things. But also, is there a mute function? <laughs> yeah, there would oh, be. Oh, there's gotta be. Okay. Hell, you don't even necessarily have to project a... He's projecting a hologram to you. I don't know if you are projecting one back. That is a choice. Our camera is off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Florian, you had something to interject? No, I'm just making the throat cut gesture. Like, <laughs> dude, we don't want them to nuke this place. No. But he's right, it would work. Though, actually, you know what? We don't know if the God's Tech would actually survive. It could just survive that. <laughs> it could just eat all of it. Oswald slowly taps the mute button. We don't know what will happen if the um, the God's Tech is destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, perhaps not orbital bombardment. Right. So how are we going to convince them? to go down on foot when they're readily ready to blow things up. Well, you've got to play your hand at least a little bit about Nasir. At least say that you have personal business that you need to take care of face-to-face or whatever. Okay, so they can blow up an area to the side. Actually, I should probably figure out how much damage that fucking giant cannon is going to do. Because if it's going to be like, yeah, it'll wipe out like, I don't know. 20 foot squares like okay great cool go for it just don't hit this one spotted but if it's like a straight up nuke cannon then then we have a problem what kind of gun is it mike do i know what kind of gun this baby is you want to give me some kind of knowledge about guns roll yeah knowledge about guns Mm -hmm. i would accept some kind of firearm roll okay well i've got a so my my stuff in ranged weapons wouldn't help with a knowledge roll, correct? Or why not? This is a ranged. I don't weapon. know. I'm sure. I'm just I'm just curious because you know I maybe ranged weapons is... has all to do with the using of it and not the actual talent that is knowledge. Is a cannon a ranged weapon? That seems heavier than that to me. 
I also have the same amount in heavy weapons. So I look, it's open to interpretation. I, I'll accept Great. whatever you want to try to throw at me. The beauty cool. of the um, ether system. Hmm. Infinite possibilities. Um, Though I okay, would agree with case, Olivia, this does seem more like a heavy weapons type of thing. Right. I just don't want to. That's like use saying, things. like, oh, I can shoot a rifle, which means I know how a fucking cannon works. My, and to which I say, I know how to shoot a gun, but I do not know about guns, which is why my knowledge is low, but I know how to shoot them. So I don't want to mm -hmm. make sure I'm. Well, using them interchangeably. If you were a soldier, though, you probably know about, like, ordnance types, at least, and generally kind of... To a limited extent. Yeah, that's why that. I'm saying those sorts of roles are acceptable, rolling your heavy right. weapon and skill. And I don't want to assume that they are, which is why I ask. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll roll and find out. And yeah. Mike will adjust the uh, DC accordingly. Yeah. Um, I'll say I, this I would say cleverly. Yeah, and identifying this type of, or at least the the basic manner of ordinance here would be a fairly easy roll, but obviously with most knowledge skills, the higher you roll, the more you learn. Uh, okay, so uh, 11. 11. This is clearly a weapon taken from an Imperial frigate. <laughs> if you had to guess, they found some kind of decommissioned Imperial warship and stole a larger gun off of it and strapped it to this bulk transport. That being said, the type of weaponry this is, it doesn't shoot ordnance like you or I might think about it. It is an Aether-based weapon. So it doesn't have the kind of kickback that like a shard launcher or a cog tech weapon would have. So the idea of it ripping a hole in the bottom of the ship actually doesn't really apply given how the technology works. Now, what it could do is make their ship just blow up because it's using so much aether that it could just drain all the power from the rest of the ship. You don't know exactly the internals of the hound's gun, so you don't know if they're compensating for that in some way. I don't imagine it is all too robust. You wouldn't think so. And based on casual observation, you would say that this sort of weapon, you would need to fire a bunch of them all at once to, like, vaporize a city from orbit. It could do some serious damage if fired down from orbit and definitely, like, start clearing blocks if you were methodical about it. But it's also the kind of thing that you can't sustain for a long period of time. It's a quick burst of laser fire that then settles back down while the gun recharges. And especially I mean, given that thing. it's not attached to a large ship. Yeah. And given that the, the town itself is built into the sides of mesas, they're not exactly just like point down fire. Right. That being said, you also would notice that the Hound's gun is decked out in several other bits of weaponry. That's just the largest and most obvious. It's clearly mm. there for intimidation factor, maybe more than function. Mm. There are also uh, large shard launchers strapped to the side of this thing, and it has a few swiveling gun batteries at forward and aft positions. So this ship could probably do quite a bit of damage from orbit if it set its mind to it, but it's going to be random, sporadic, just kind of superficial damage. This is not a let's annihilate a city and turn it to glass type ship. 
Yeah. Okay. So then in that case, I mean, I would suggest that they do it from, I don't know, the upper atmosphere rather than from in orbit, be a little bit more tactical that way. And uh, then after they're done destroying stuff, then they can swoop in. We can, we can request that they don't shoot out the city hall, uh, the former temple. Uh, we have business with, with their leader, Quest, yeah, so question, do we know what their actual, like, contract is? Nope. It's just, it seems weird that, like, they, this is like a wanted dead or alive scenario, rather than, like, bring this group to justice, like, bring them in for questioning and stuff, because, like, we don't even know if this is all of them. That might be a that might be a strategy we can play to be like, hey, can we not just vaporize this whole place, please? So when Red Bartlett still you've muted yourselves over the comm says, so uh, what's the play, huh? Go right. deaf. What's okay. going on? I'll unmute. I'll unmute. <laughs> All right. New play uh, from upper atmosphere. Do you mind uh, doing some sort of bombardment before we make our entry to level the playing field, so to speak. So uh, you want us to burn them a little, cook the tops, mm. you go in and what? Uh, I've got personal business to take care of on this planet. Specifically the leader. Ah. Personal business. Mm-hmm. Huh. What, do you like, uh, kill your dad or something? No. Okay, good, because that kind of thing can get messy. Right. So you want this uh, leader guy you know who he is? Mm-hmm. You want to tell me? Not particularly. Does it help in any way? Well, there's a bonus in it for us if I uh, get the leader. I mean, once we, like, get rid of, of any ability for him to do damage, then I have no problem giving him over to you. This deal keeps getting uh, sweeter all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan, then. We strafe him a little bit, soften him up. Get down in there, kick some ass, take some names, and uh, you find this leader guy, and then uh, hand him over to us, yeah? Uh, if I, everything goes according to plan, yes. Well, sounds good to me. Perfect. Where are we going? Wari 6, that's the thing? Yeah. Do we have, like, an orbital scan of, like, the the specific mesa we're going to, or anything that we could provide to Red? Would you like to try to get one of those? Yeah, we've got a cool ship that you is do? equipped with a literal boatload of sensors, so mm. I feel like that would be cool. Would someone like to attempt to, oh, I don't know, aether tech that into existence with some kind of talent role? Yeah. Would a certain wizard require some assistance? I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Oswald's normal go-to strategy of no, push that button. No, that's the one you want. None of them in this Look ship. Look at that folder. I mean, he is the main person who's been like actually using these sensors and stuff. So that's he true. might actually that's... have a better idea of. Well, we'll see how good his roll. We'll see how good the dice is. Let's see. Uh, what are you giving me? Uh, D6. D6. There's my spooky D6 for Spooky Oswald. And this is a fairly hard roll from as far out as you are. So we're looking for a 20 here. 
20. I can help out too if you want. Throw an extra d6 on that. Wouldn't hate it. Purple sparkly one. I'm pretty sure Reed gave me that. I'm going to use cleverly for this. Doi. Sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to throw a couple of my own aether in there. Sounds a good idea. I'm so mad that Discord is like so good at suppressing noise that it gets rid of the dice rattle. Maybe I'll make like a low like hissing like (laughs) or come on Discord. Yeah, pick up those dice rattles. (laughs) I got them. Okay. I usually get the the sound of them hitting the the rolling mat. I don't generally get the rattles. Yeah. And it's like that's what this game's all about. (laughs) Uh okie dokie. No, Oswald was not very helpful. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> oh, Amari was, though. Hmm? Woo! That never um, happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. Math is hard. Splitting up numbers to make adding easier. 10, 20, 28, uh, 29, 30, 33. 33. That is a critical success. Uh, would you like to get some Aether back? I would love that. I get one. Yeah. You can either get yourself an Aether Dice back. You can alley-oop to make the next clever roll uh, good for somebody else. Or you could... I don't think removing anyone from the scene applies here. Um, I think we can take the the planet. planet. Yeah. (laughs) Get it out of here. Damn. Let's Um, push it into the sun. With Uh, that roll... One of my Aether back. Cool. You figure out that a capability of the Tiresian is piggybacking its own uh, system scans onto that of other Aethertech devices that it can detect. There are old satellites in orbit around Awari 6 that still have phantom power, essentially. And... Tapping into those, you can get some pretty good scans of exactly where you're going. This Mesa City. You don't know its name because Harcourt didn't know its name. But the city itself, as I've described before, is built into the sides of these huge mesas. With these bridges linking the mesa's structures at different levels. The tops of the mesas, you now discover, are landing platforms. It looks as though the vast majority of the traffic that came to and from this planet would land on top of the mesas and then work their way down into the city. People disembarking, I should say. That being said, the satellite imagery you get right now indicates that there are four ships parked on the central mesa which you know is primarily where the children of Aetir have been set up. Okay. I want them to fuck up their ships. Like, real good. Real good. You can also see that at this current time, it is midday on Awari 6. So, given the rates at which ships travel outside of warp, you could probably get to this planet around nightfall if you left now and pushed it to as fast as you can go at sublight. Wouldn't be sublight because there's no faster than light. So it would just be 
uh, impulse power, let us say. Use a Star Trek term. <laughs> so, I mean, theoretically, would probably the best time be not af- not upon nightfall, but like a couple hours after nightfall. That way the people who are still up and off their shift are winding down and the people who are on their shift are probably lesser given that it's nighttime. Sound Just logic all around. Yeah. I want them tired. Okay. I want them to not want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the critical victory there, you would pretty easily be able to see that there are bits and pieces of the outlying area beyond the city that look wrong. Like Mm. chunks of the landscape are just missing as though somebody just like you were just joking about deleted bits of the landscape in roughly cubicle blocks. Minecraft. Minecraft. (laughs) It's like when you get into a piece of landscape in Minecraft and just don't want it there anymore. And you just dig all through it and out of it. Mike, is this God's Tech Minecraft? Maybe. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> Damn it. What is Aether Annihilation if not the ultimate creative mode? God. Yes, what you didn't know is Nazir's first name is Steve. No. <laughs> yeah, Steve his physique Nazir. was always very square. Yeah, it was really weird. He didn't fit into the mech corp real well. Mm-mm. It's a round hole. But yeah, so just based on logic, you would say these might be testing sites where stuff had the aether annihilated out of it. Hmm. And it left nothing. Cool. Great. Love that. I don't think we're going to share that particular bit of information. But you do share the bit about the ships and wanting to destroy them? Yes. Okay. Red Bartlett seems very amenable to that plan. Yeah. And if you share the basics of the planetary scans with him, uh, he definitely starts to come around on the idea of a ground assault after Mm -hmm. the uh, bombardment, because that is based on his reckoning, actually would be very hard to kill anybody who are inside these mesas from orbit. Not with the ordinance he has anyway. Yeah. Now you get a super carry out here with a Magus. It ain't nothing but a puddle of glass. We don't have to, we don't have time for that (laughs) and or the resources. And I don't want to do it. That's fair. It sounds upsetting. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Red is all on board, and you propose the idea of striking in the midst of the night? Mm-hmm. The other thing I'd like to request, does Red's dogs have uh, any excess weaponry that could be outfitted for a mech? Specifically for a mech? Not necessarily specifically, but like... If they got a shard, uh, like a shoulder-mounted shard launcher or something, like that, that Tux could like utilize as a hand cannon or something. You would like Red Bartlett 
to give you some of his ordnance to use. How much? How much do we have in excess money as 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 a team? What do we? What do? We, what do we got in resources, Mike? Because I know we have some sort of like discretionary fund. You do. Yeah, and you've spent precious little of it so far. Great. I'd like to buy a gun from Red Bartlett. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Give me a. This feels like an influence role. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna use my I'm a war hero uh, talent. Hmm. Yeah. Only gets me a D8 though. Real oh, you have a D8 as... in I'm a war hero under influence. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm a war hero. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, Reed, uh, the mm-hmm. discretionary fund has 24,995 jewels in it. Given that I feel like we, we bought five. very little. <laughs> yeah, very little of anything on anything uh, in this game. Is that a lot, Mike, or is that That's not a lot. lot? Okay, cool. Great. Yeah, I'm going to boldly request a gun from the mercenary whose job it is to like hunt people down mm-hmm. with guns. And this is, I would say, a challenging roll, so 15 is what we're looking for here. Uh, I got a 14. Oh, that's rough, buddy. God but you know... I'll, I'll spend a void die. Oh. I'll do it. Starting I know I'll get... Right. Yeah. And that's another 6 on top of that, so 20. All right. Yeah, the weapon that you could procure from Red Bartlett, when you ask after it, he says, watch it, don't got any of your own uh, weapons there, bud? Not anymore. We defended an entire village against uh, giant hordes of lizard creatures. Yeah, sounds terrible. uh, Uh, You you care a lot. What kind of uh, boomstick you looking for there? What do you got? It's big. Oh, you want big? Mech sized. Mech sized, huh? Huh. Yeah, I think I got something for you. And eventually, it's when because you'd have to link, you'd have to link ships with him uh, to get this transferred over. So I feel like we're gonna catch something linking <laughs> ships with him. <laughs> you have to dock with the hound's gun to trade jewels for the gun he has but what you're given is quite frankly odd that he has this because it is a gun designed to be carried by a mech Uh, a normal person wouldn't be able to carry this it is a huge underslung repeating rifle that Imagine, like, minigun in terms of size and shape. And it has seven chambers, essentially, around the outside that continually fire blasts of aether. And they do it in sequence so that uh, a single individual chamber doesn't overload with continuous fire. But it's designed to be able to fire continuously in kind of a circular pattern. Mm -hmm. So that is what he has to offer. And it is, yeah, weird that he has this. I'm not gonna look a look a a gift uh, horse in the mouth, so or dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. Red Bartlett 
Wants and when bounce. a couple of uh, his dogs are wheeling this in on uh, a hover cart, he kind of just like glances around the, the docking seal at the interior of your ship and uh, kind of like still smoking his cigar. When the airlocks open onto the, the hound's gun, there's an audible smell that comes in from his side of the, the airlock. Ugh. Thing is, my grandpa smoked like two packs a day, to which I'm just like, I, you know, it, yeah, it's a it's smell I like to call water. grandpa's recliner. Yeah. Yeah. It smells like scotch Ugh. and cigars and old oh. leather. Yeah. Old leather and, and yeah. And, and, and cigarette burn holes in his bathrobe. Anyways. But yeah, he hands that gun off to you and uh, says, uh, you have to spend 1,000 jewels to get this gun off of him, but uh, when you transfer the funds into his account, he says, bless your dome business with you, buddy. Yeah. I probably just bought, like, a weapon that murdered the queen of some planet or whatever, some shit. This is some super illegal shit that he probably shouldn't have. It is definitely military-grade ordinance, and it looks newer it, this is definitely weaponry that was made like post shattering hmm oh well it's newer than my old gun yeah absolutely cool shay reattaching is this to tux or attaching this to tux like ugh, even the metal smells like smoke does it match my color scheme or does it look like it's it, it just doesn't match what's uh What's Tux's color scheme? Mostly white. It clashes a little. Okay. Mm. It is a lot of gunmetal, like gray, with some highlights of green, silver, and all of the crystalline facets on it are red. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Nope. We'll have to get that changed. Yeah, we're going to have to get that repainted. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work. Perfect. Okay, cool. I'm done. Thank With... you, Mike. Look, I told you you had advantage on D20 rolls. And when I rolled the D20s just now, I rolled a natural 20. So there was going to be a mech gun for you. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Woo! There, we did it. Yeah, we beat Dragon's Wake. <laughs> With gun now attached to your mech, the two ships, the Tiresian and... The Hound's Gun make their approach to Awari 6. The flight is one of tense preparation as you contemplate exactly what's about to happen. Your plan as it stands right now is to bombard from orbit, destroying the ships of the hopefully unsuspecting children of Aetir before making a ground assault from an unknown position as Red's dogs make a frontal assault. Could we, while approaching, try to intercept some communication between them just to get an idea of whether or not they suspect that we're coming? Sure, yeah. That sounds like something you could absolutely do with an Aether Tech roll. Good call. Would would cryptography work for this? What's what's that under? Uh, it's under covert ops. Yeah, that I was about to say. Uh, this sounds like Aether Deck or covert ops was also a very good skill for this sort of thing. Okay, great. I can throw you uh, an extra D6 on this too. If you want. I can yeah. also give you a D6 if you're doing covert ops. Yeah, 
Uh, you good. sneaky sons of guns. <laughs> I'm a war hero. <laughs> I had other people do this for me, so I watched a couple times. It's fine. War Casual heroes don't observer. do this shit. We watch, I don't have remember other people why do I picked us. up covert ops, but I did. You never know uh, when you gotta be sneaky. I got hit a bunch, and I wanted to be sneaky. Mm-hmm. Or I got it from deciphering all that information that we stole. I was gonna say, did you pick it up when you were making Jurassic Fay or Fayrassic Park? I think I did. Thank you. Speaking of Fayrassic Park, no, right. I think we can deal with that later. <laughs> They're all dead. They're all dead. How often are you checking up on that? As a quick aside. Probably like once every two days, two cycles. Okay. That's what a day is, right? Cycle. Yeah. 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 You would be noticing that the, the, let us call it population size of this tank of sea monkeys has been decreasing steadily. You don't know precisely why, but it, it's just, that's something you can observe casually is that the, the readings indicate that the population size of this little tank of captured fey presences is decreasing. Yeah. And we never really found an aether system that we didn't care about to release them in, so it's true. But yeah. Put them on the not... hound's gun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for helping out. Here's a fucking here's a bunch of fey to fuck up your ship. Give them a warship. <laughs> And we can all put them on a planet that doesn't have access to anything anymore. That's kind of where they're in right now. Yeah. Well, I, I guess mean, I could have released like... them on. No, I wouldn't have done that on Akalar. <laughs> they have nowhere to go yeah. on Akalar, right? Uh, uh, am I getting D6s from you guys? Yeah. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure this will be. They absolutely would have somewhere to go on Akalar. Why do you think uh, Florian's brother had all those shitty internet opinions? Okay, what what am I looking for as far as a role here? Super high, totally. It's not super high, but it's definitely this uh, intercepting transmissions like this, especially from the distance you're talking about, is pretty hard. So 20 is what we're looking for here. Okay, I'll just use two of my aether, I suppose. Once per scene. Actually, you know what? I'm going to use my mastermind trait instead. Uh, And just double... The amount of... Doubles your tactics and talent die. Yeah. Excellent. That's more like it. (laughs) You are already rolling four dice, but let's let's roll six instead. Let's just, you know. Go big. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, that's just neat. My next character is Owen Wilson-based. Uh, you said what? What was the roll? Twenty. Ah, I got twenty nine. Oh, very good. I mean, just Ooh. one more, and you'd have that critical success. Then you we could take the planet out of uh, of of the scene. You know what, Mike? I will do that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Roll that. Um, roll it. See what we get, Mike. After you expressed wanting more void die. Yeah, I'm on board with it. Let's do it. Why not? Well, no matter what, I I got it. Um, I rolled a two. um, So 31 is the the total. 
Yeah. yeah. So you can get one of those Aether Dive back. You can alley-oop to put a clever up Ooh. there. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get an Aether Dive back. I'll okay. Go back up to, to max here. You do intercept communications on the planet. It is comms chatter. The language they're speaking is galactic common, essentially, called midconic. And it is just pretty banal chatter between stations on this place. You were told that there were roughly 12 individuals that make up the children of eight here that are left. And so the chatter you're picking up is really just between two people that are talking to each other that seem to be having a conversation about fixing the lights on the landing platform. Apparently they're having lighting problems up there. And somebody is talking to an engineer who's having a, they're having a conversation like, did that work? No. What about this? No. Okay. I'm going to try this now. This is going to get very awkward for them. But uh, from what you can tell and the, the, the chatter you're picking up, there is no indication that they know you're coming. Great. I love to hear it. And yeah, apparently, uh, based on that uh, critical success, you managed to catch a snippet that apparently they're having power troubles all over the city. They're having trouble keeping this place online. They don't have the people or the infrastructure or the resources to keep this place fully operational. So you'd say this place is not lit. Not lit well. In fact, I might even call it dank. Because the heating units aren't working and it's making it moist and damp. It's Mm. dank but not lit? Dank but not lit. What the fuck? Truly, this place is an abomination. Yeah. (laughs) This place is a contradiction. (laughs) Places Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Just hope you don't run into the gators. That I can smell this planet already. Is that bad? <laughs> yeah. But yes, continuing to monitor those communications. Yeah, you definitely get the sense that this place is kind of falling apart. And the fact that they're so short on personnel is not helping. What they've managed to get up and running is slapdash at best they're making this place work with duct tape and chewing gum and yeah you could spend a couple of hours on your approach here just listening to this really banal conversation uh going back and forth between a couple of individuals uh i think i would um it's like it's like when you wait in a video game to start like a fight so that you can listen to like through all of the dialogue that's written in yeah you know, because somebody wrote it, and you know, see, I want to hear, I want to hear what they what they did. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mike wrote this. <laughs> um, <laughs> in a sort of uh, a lateral move, um, Shay, uh, as if they were watching a uh, the like recording of a let's play after it happened, is like knows how to fix the problem. And like knows what they're doing wrong, and got so frustrated that they had to leave the <laughs> the the uh, the ship deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would learn these people's names. I don't know if you necessarily want them or not, but if you spend the whole time listening, I mean, if you already have the names, uh, I'm not going to make you uh, come up with names for people who are about to get 
guy blasted. So, um, I mean, they all have names. All right. Well, give me the names then. These two individuals Trumulus. is somebody named Som and somebody named Wrench. Wrench is the one apparently doing the, the fiddling with the power systems. And Som is the one who is standing up on the landing platform going, no, no, that didn't work. Excellent. Yeah, I'll probably just keep monitoring um, during our approach. Uh, okay. If I hear any sort of change, like, hey, I think we noticed some some ships coming up. Maybe we should, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, you just learn a bit about these two individuals as they continue to have a conversation. You learn that Wrench is apparently an unclanned elf. You learn that Som hasn't been getting enough rations lately. And you learn that the two of them are apparently uh, really interested to see what Nazir can do against the target they have lined up next week. Mm. Whatever Nazir's planning, at least initially, they were planning on doing something in the following turn span. Let's call it off. Let's wait. Let's wait. Give it a couple days. Let's just let's just hang out and vibe. If anybody says anything, Oswald's like, my stories are happening. There is apparently a former Dominion Ag world called Everfall that they were planning on testing all of this stuff out on. Former Dominion, is it uh, currently inhabited by anybody? You definitely get that sense, yeah. Oof. So if you had waited much longer or taken much longer to get here, some stuff may have popped off. Oof. But that is what you learn as you spend, yeah, literally hours listening to these two chuckleheads talking at each other. Oswald takes excellent notes. All right. And if any of these notes, do you share any of this information with your companions? If they ask, of course. Okay. Florian so, will probably I, wander through and hear some of it. And I mean, I, I definitely Oswald. let them know that uh, they have no idea that we are coming. And that they are planning on you like testing this stuff next week on a planet. I will not divulge any other information unless anybody asks. I mean, but which that planet? Seems like, uh, oh, um, great. Mike, can you tell me the planet one more time? Everfall. Everfall. Which, if Amari, you hear that name, you would immediately know that that is a hegemony controlled world. Ah, oh, this dude's got beef. This dude's got beef. So do we. Neither, neither the. This dude is not mad at the Dominion or uh, uh, the Empire. Mm. He's mad at the hegemony. What a fucking dick. I mean. <laughs> what do you mean you mean? They all, they all suck. What's his beef? What? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I want to hear. Where's the beef? <laughs> Where's the beef? You're the beef. <laughs> In the last minutes, as you make your final approach into the system, and there is, you see lights beginning to turn on on the power systems, on the weapons of the Hound's gun. You're getting into orbital range of Awari 6, and that is when the comms chatter changes. And Oswald, you become pretty aware of the fact that some kind of proximity alarm has been set off as the conversation cuts out 
when they change channels because Psalm says, is that an alarm? Some kind of alarm go off? Wrench, what's going on down there? And Wrench will respond, proximity alerts going off. Get down here. Switch to channel three. And then we switch to channel three. Then we also switch (laughs) to channel three. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll let everybody know, and then I'll try and figure out how to switch to channel three. Okay. Since you got a critical success, I'll say this is very simple for you to switch over. I'm not going to need another roll here. And you cut in just as a hard voice with an imperial accent is talking over this line, telling people to get armed, get ready. Two ships have entered the system, and they need people on the flak batteries as soon as possible. Flak batteries? What the fuck do they get flak batteries? And this voice says that he is suiting up and going to get Nazir, but everyone needs to arm up and get ready. Fun hater. All right. And that is what you hear just as you enter orbital range of Awari 6. I inform the crew uh, that they are aware. Uh, And also, also, probably, there's flak battery. Uh, Mention that they're suiting up and that there are... uh, Gunning up, I suppose. Great. Love it. And Duma will ask if the plan is still to leave the Tiresian here and head down in the shuttle. Yep. Unless anyone... Other ideas? Uh, Are these uh, guns... I'm sure Oswald's not super familiar with the type of weaponry that they're talking about, but um, are they able to shoot stuff out of orbit? Because if we leave the Tiresian... uh, just floating by itself, it's it's going to be an easy target. You don't know. You weren't even aware that there were weapons of that sort down there. Your orbital, like, topographical scans didn't indicate that sort of thing. Right. Shit. I, yeah, I guess don't leave the ship, but... Well, the shuttle's going to be more maneuverable than the ship, right? Absolutely. So, and a, it's a smaller target, so honestly, that's the thing we should yeah. probably take. Okay. Everybody grab your go bags and put them in the shuttle. (laughs) Okay. Tux is loaded up into the shuttle. Yep. Just like old times, leaving the storm's repose, you head into shuttle number seven and prepare to disembark. Do you share any of these facts with Red Bartlett? Uh, Yeah, I assumed that when that when you said inform the crew, it was also like contacting red to be like hey they know we're here (laughs) i am not assuming that is that a thing that happened uh i would inform everybody on our ship uh and since amari is has been in contact he can he can contact them if if he Mm. wishes yeah i'll I'll let them know that they're aware potential they have uh, potential armaments okay that is now Red's dogs are not walking walking into a death trap. Cool. Uh, <laughs> it's not a death uh, trap if you blow up the death trap before you get to the death trap. Exactly. And they appreciate that intel. Yeah. Leaving the Tiresian in high orbit, you're pretty confident that anything involving the word flak is probably not going to be able to shoot that far into space. Flak implies What's my knowledge that it's, of flak. <laughs> 
what it is is effectively a shard launcher, but a shard launcher that is set to detonate in the air and create a field of smaller explosives that ships trying to get through would have to drive through and then explode. Right. Okay. It's meant to lay down ship cover. Yeah. It just didn't know if it operated any differently than like normal flat cannons. It's made of magic crystals, but other than that, no. Okay. (laughs) I don't fucking know. Yeah, the flat cannon shots explode, and each shot has its own little guns that that then shoot more (laughs) flak. It's just terrible. It's called super flak, and that only happens in very big ships. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they call that super flak fighter pilots. (laughs) But leastways, as you embark onto shuttle number seven, you're taking Harcourt with you, I assume? Okay. You're not yep. leaving him aboard the Tiresian? Nope. No, that ter- that'd be a terrible idea. Okay. So Harcourt is geared up with his uh, Imperial standard issue rifle and is very much like jaw set, eyes forward, nodding to himself. Like he's got the the mood of a man who wants to set things right. And as you load up, Duma disengages shuttle number seven from the Tiresian. And as you see the Hound's gun pulling into a low orbit over the planet on the dark side of Owari 6, you begin your descent. Very quickly, you can see this Mesa City rise up from the continent below you. This is a fairly arid world from what you can see. There are spots of greenery around locations where there is clearly fresh water. But other than that, there's a lot of salt flats on this planet. And these large arid areas that are broken up by these huge mesas, one of which you're heading to right now. It is obvious due to the fact that the tops of these mesas have clearly been sliced off at some point to make for flat landing zones where ships can land. As you're flying down, you can see that two of these mesas have had the tops of them open up and large gun batteries have emerged from inside the mesas. Now, that would be a clever and useful defense if not for the fact that Red's dogs and the Hound's gun have stopped in low orbit and have begun to open fire on their positions from outside of their effective range. As you pass the large, gaudy hound's gun, you see that enormous, stupid gun that they've got slung on their underside begin to power up. And just as you're breaking orbit and you feel the shudder as gravity begins to grip shuttle number seven, you see that gun fire with this enormous bolt of crimson aether that lances down and curves in a pattern with the curvature of the planet itself before it explodes on the top of one of these mesas, absolutely annihilating the four vessels that were sitting there. The flat cannons are firing and shooting up, but their effective range doesn't reach the hound's gun. So when their shard launchers fire from that position in orbit and rain down explosive hell onto the tops of these mesas, 
annihilating these gun positions. It's clearly a tactical victory for Red's dogs. And as shuttle number seven slips down and towards that position, you see these glittering gemstone missiles hurling down out of the sky, outpacing shuttle number seven and absolutely destroying the tops of these mesas, ruining any good landing zone that might be there. And it's very clear that Red's dogs did not think about trying to land after they destroy everything on the surface of this city. Do they think about, really? Good question. I mean, if everything goes according to their plan, they don't have to leave the comfort of their ship. (laughs) But after that initial bombardment and the destruction of these gun emplacements and the enemy vessels, you see the Hound's gun beginning to drop into the atmosphere of this planet. And it becomes very obvious very quickly that this ship can't land. Because of the giant gun strapped to its underside. There's a joke in here somewhere about (laughs) some stuff, you know. Some some masculinity is being compensated for, etc, etc. So, do they have, like, (laughs) any sort of... I mean, they can still set boots on ground, though, right? What you see is two shuttles detaching themselves from the side of these of the, of the larger ship, I, which which you initially so thought much were better if they had just been like, "Well, well, that's us. We can't do anything now." Just like what? The what fuck? you initially thought were gun batteries at the fore and the aft of the ship detach themselves, and it turns out those are shuttles that are armed. Perfect. And those detach from the hound's gun and begin to fly down towards the the planet's surface. And kind of moving at a wide flanking position to where shuttle number seven is approaching from a more southerly direction. Kind of like dipping down below the tops of the mesas and weaving into the city. You know the temple that you're looking for is located somewhere in the middle levels of this city. And Harcourt can point you directly towards it because he's with you. Yeah. Where Red's dogs are planning to land, you don't know, but they're just beelining it straight down from above with direct fire support from the hound's gun above them, and they are just beelining it into the city. Straight into the point. Oracle Zero is your destination directly to the temple. I think it should be. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Shuttle number seven streaks in to the winding paths inside these mesas. Shifting back and forth, Duma is perfectly at ease flying in these close quarters. He has done way wilder stuff with you all in tow. And that whole time there was a vampire on the top of his shuttle is (laughs) way worse than what happened here. The whole dropping out of the vampire's ship that one time was a whole thing. Yeah. This is easy by comparison. As you fly into the city proper, from below, you can see that there is a firefight happening above you on the large spanning bridges that crisscross the city pillars above you. It appears as though the shuttles are having some trouble landing, but seeing as they have their own guns, they are firing on positions above you. Duma has to do a little work to avoid some falling rubble, in fact. Uh, You know what we should have done? We should have told the people on that... 
other planet that there were jobs here and then we would just have all the people we could like ask for we would have an entire army you would want to tell the citizens of asclipsis that -hmm. there are jobs available on awari six there's there's jobs here yep Mm -hmm. oh yeah like okay i was like (laughs) wait but what would the accountants be doing here right now Sorry. Whatever they fucking want. Whatever they fucking the fucking want. fucking bodies. <laughs> Twelve. I'm gonna do some subtraction off of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> They're wearing their, like, their business suits, and you just see it, like, every one of them just tear the sleeves off of them. And just... and they're fucking jacked. They're all jacked. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> They've had so much time to do nothing but work out. Yeah. He's got a tattoo on his bicep that says, long division or die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's using the suit ties as headbands. <laughs> okay. This Acc- accountancy uh, Rambo I'm an, aside. I'm about to introduce you to accounts payable. <laughs> My brain went to Roth IRA tattooed on the <laughs> knuckles. <laughs> oh, fuck. As you make your approach. Yeah, you have to weave. Duma has to do a little work weaving out of the fallout, quite literally, from the fight above you. But you come to a large, what appears to be courtyard built into the side of this mesa. It is this large, semicircular courtyard that is like built on the outside of this mesa and on the inside wall of the mesa, you can see like ancient Egyptian temples that are like carved into the sides of mountain sides. This is edificed in a very similar way. Whereas these huge ornate carvings that are etched into the side of this to create the entrance to what was once a temple. But now this like civic square has been built up around it in the form of this large uh, open space with what looks like a statue at its center. And there's little bushes and stuff here and there. Honestly, quite tasteful if it wasn't for the fact that there were some terrorists here that you're pretty sure about. But that is where shuttle number seven drops you off. Terrorists are against the HOA. Gotta go. (laughs) And yeah, you disembark from shuttle number seven. Duma asks if you want him to wait here or take off and wait for your signal. Wait for a signal. It would be safe staying around here. Um, Okie dokie. Is it possible to continue um, listening in on their communications now that we're no longer on the Tiresian? Is there any way I can continue to get, I guess, intel from... That would be more of some kind of, I mean, it's still probably covert ops, but it would be much more difficult to do because you do not have the proper equipment. Right. Still possible, just way harder. Gotcha. So we set up a series of speakers in front, or and mics in front of <laughs> the speakers on the Tiresian. We hooked up mm-hmm. the Bluetooth, so the those speakers play into our headphones. Okay. Uh, the yeah. Tin can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I, see, yeah. I see what we're doing here. I mean, linking your data pad to the observation protocols on the Tiresian isn't out of the question. That's just something you would have had to have done beforehand. So if I spent an experience point to do that. That could have been something you could have done on the approach to 
Awari 6. Yeah, it seems reasonable. Okay. I'll spend an experience point for that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you have then slaved the observation systems on the Tiresian to feed into your data pad. I know slaved is a tech is a I like know that, computer's it's, that term. it's a computer term. It's bad though, so fair enough. <laughs> I just want to make sure that people who didn't know what that meant it's some sort of technology thing, but it has a bad I name. Didn't, I did not know that was a uh I don't know anything about technology. So. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. You have directly interfaced your uh, data pad with the, the comms observation equipment on the Tiresian. Hey. So you are listening into chatter then as you make your approach. And the comms that you're getting is that like people just sounding out positions and talking about how, uh, I mean, they've already lost a few people to this assault. Okay. As you are disembarking, there is a gruff imperial voice that comes over the comms uh, saying that he's getting into position and to hold tight. And that is what you hear as you're getting off of shuttle number seven into this civic square at the front of this temple. Hey, Mike. Mm hmm. So. I want to check in again. I can't remember the last time I did this, so I'm just going to do it again. So I have my Aether pool. Is it eight? So can I still only like interact with Aether that is in my direct line of sight? Or that you are like strictly aware of. Okay. Okay. So I couldn't like reach out and try to like see if they're like, not that I could find Nasir because I don't know what his etheric signature feels like but like mm -hmm. i wouldn't be able to be like oh there is definitely there are definitely people in this mesa or in this uh you know a civic square like in the interior that would depend entirely upon your talent in etheric detection stuff i mean i did just give myself a specialization in etheric perception so it depends on how high you roll with that i would say okay I'm just, I guess I, I was just wondering, like, if that was a thing that I could use beyond the kind of mechanic that we've set up about Aether Pool and, like, Etheric yeah. doobly-doos. Yeah. As of right now, you can only, like, grab Aether from stuff you can still see. But in terms okay. of sensing Aether, that might be a little bit farther. You don't know. You'd have to okay. roll good. <laughs> All right. Well, let me try to roll good. I'll be like, hey, I'm going to, before we, you know, bust in there, I'm going to reach out and see how many fools are in this place. How good is Elliot going to have to roll? That is also a good question. It would be fairly incredible if you could oh. detect at this sort of range that we're looking at here. Because imagine the, the public square here is about 100 feet wide. The, the mesa itself is probably close to a quarter mile in diameter. This is a big place. So what is what does the aether around me look like that I can pull out besides Tuck and the... Besides the mech, whose name is Tux, and the shuttle? Which is even now leaving. Yeah. The aether that you can see is there are some streetlights here that light the square, each of which has an aether that you could pull from it. There are 12 of them in total. Ooh, if you just wanted to... I know I can't to, pull more than my pool, but... I mean, 
Yeah. Oh, there are some underlighting to this statue here that has an aether to it. And within line of sight, you can see that there are lights on the outside of this temple building. And there are some big doors over there that are probably also powered. Eh, I won't take anything from the doors. Let's see. Credible 25. Let's see. Grab a couple more. Uh, okay. All right. Sounds like you're throwing a lot of aether into this roll. <laughs> Listen. It's important. Sure, yeah. Wizard's gonna oh, wizard. Wizard's gonna wizard. I did not roll very well on my tactics and talent, but it was not a failure, so. Cool. Uh, let's see. Two, four, six. Only a 19. Bummer. Gonna take the failure? 19. I could roll just one void dice. It'd have to be a pretty good void dice, though. Or you could just spend four void dice. Wouldn't even have to roll them. Just spend four. Automatic success. I will give you one. <laughs> I'm giving you another one. Oh, okay. What was that? Uh, what was it that was first one? one? Aha! Uh, That's better. That one's an eight, so I'm at twenty-eight. I think, or uh, no, uh, yeah, twenty-eight. Okay. As you reach out with your etheric senses, and this is maybe the first time you've really gone oh, expansive sure. on this sort of thing. For the longest time, Shay, you've kind of kept your etheric senses tucked in and close, trying to remain incognito. And in doing so, you've sort of, almost on instinct, recoiled from trying to reach out with your feelings. Yeah. And the last time that you really let yourself out, as it were was with Mr. Zinn in touching the Astral Sea. Here, when you reach out with your senses, and the rest of you, all you really see is Shay stop for a moment, and their eyes kind of grow a little distant, and then begin to glow. Shay, what color is your etherics? Everyone's etheric aura tends to have its own little flare of color to it. What is, what is Shay's? Yeah. And they're usually just like a solid color. It'd be like super Mary Sue if I went like opalescent. That's fine. Okay. Because that's always my first instinct is like a kind of shimmer yeah. more than a, a specific color. Look, this system is all about the healing power of crystals. So whatever color you want your aura to be <laughs> is up to you. I want mine to be Rainbow. a ta Taco Bell mild uh, sauce. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's because no, we're talking, sauce, the we're talking bag. Okay. Oh, see, that was yeah. the clarifying yeah. question. Yeah. 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 yeah, Gotta be specific. Mm -hmm. No, not really. So, kind of an opalescent. Yeah. So, uh, white with a slight, like, rainbow shimmer to it. Yeah. Love that shit. And that is the color that Shay's eyes become as they reach out and you see... How many aether die did you pull from the lights around here? Oh gosh, uh, let's see. I pulled uh, four. So four lights around this public square just wink out as they have their energy pulled from them, and as patches of darkness begin showing up in the surrounding environment, Shay, the whole world lights up for you. 
you see the Aether conduits, or you feel them, or you know them. This is sensory data that you're unaccustomed to at this point. It, it's uh, uh, quite literally a sixth sense, and that is your etheric sense. Some people just instinctively have this on some level, and everyone who uses etherics has it on some level. It's what you use when you are turning on lights or firing a gun. But honing it is something they try to hammer into you at Wesrin Azald, the Imperial College of Wizards. Reaching out with your feelings, with this sense, and knowing about the Aether around you. So you feel the power conduits that are moving underneath the stone beneath your feet. You feel the power of the door into the temple. You feel the sensation of guns being fired above you. Little barks of aether that are leaping out of the hands of even fainter etheric signatures of other individuals up there. And when one of the shuttles above you explodes as a mech lands on it, you feel that shudder of power that lances through this seraph as it tears down out of the sky with a thunderous boom tearing through the top of one of these shuttles with a meteoric force. And that shudder that you feel. And it seems as though that mech at least has jetpacks, yes. I'm getting one. That is so awesomely bad for us. And be a shame if that shit stopped working when it was really high up. You feel the other presences above you beginning to shift their mode of fire. And you also sense the presence of another mech moving steadily towards the doors that are about 50 feet away from you. They're coming. Cover? Behind cover? Yup, yup, yup. <laughs> Harcourt uh, lunges towards the statue in the center of the square. This huge 20-foot statue with a broad base is probably the most solid piece of cover you have here. Well, then that's where I'm yeah. going. Yeah, right, same. Yep. <laughs> I'm in a mech. <laughs> and is it big enough, to enough for, cover. for... for <laughs> For, for Tux to get behind it, or no? It, it is a knee-high wall to Tux, with like a, I'm good a out here. thin like rail in the middle that yeah, Tux that. would I'm, stand I'm gonna, to either side of. <laughs> I'm, spinning, I'm spinning this baby up, this new gun. I'm aiming that shit at the door, waiting for him to pop open. Okay. Yeah. But like slightly to the left. I'm going to step to the left and then aim at the door. <laughs> The other thing you would sense, Shay, as this mech is approaching the door, is there's this intense signature of Aether coming towards the door. And at its center, there is a weird absence that you can sense. Oh, fuck. They have the gods tech. Yup, yup. <laughs> In the mech. The Annihilator. It, oh, yes, the Annihilator, pardon me. Sorry, it's very done. hard to concentrate and also... Remember all the cool names we've come up with first. <laughs> yeah. Do you have moments to react as Shay is shouting, "Another mech is coming! It has the annihilator!" Yeah, just like scrunch, scrunching as far down behind the statue as possible. <laughs> okay, Harcourt's uh, doing pretty much the same thing. Sounds like Oswald was as well. Yeah. 
Yep. Shay is diving for cover as well, and standing. Are, are you moving in position like, at all, Amari? Like, okay, so if the, if the door is directly in front of us, right? Mm-hmm. How, I don't know how you say it is a, how twenty yards was the, yeah, uh, the courtyard thing. Okay, so if that's the With case, the statue I'm in the middle. Like, so there's a statue between you and the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in that case, I would try to use the little. Uh, I would use Tux's little booster jets to just kind of like sidestep to the left over to like the corner. And then have the gun trained on the door for when it opens. Okay. And as you spin up this repeater, is what it's called, you feel through the sensory data being fed into you by Tux, the tromp and this clear indication that another big mech is within the kind of tremor sense that Tux has. Can I actually, can I use... Because I, I know how these mechs are like, pl- they plug directly into your sensory. Can I use Spellsmith to sort of do like a flash, like almost like a like a bright flash or, or like a flashbang sort of effect like at the door when it opens? Sure, you can absolutely try. And give it a shot. Uh, okay. Um, so Oswald peeking up out of cover, preparing some <laughs> spell. to die. Does him peeking uh, up over uh, out of cover is just like right now. How high over the cover is him peeking up over cover? <laughs> literally <laughs> has to do a pull him. up to Yeah. <laughs> I was literally just about to say uh, Lorian, uh, give me a boost. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little uh, uh, <laughs> It's Quickly, Florian. Upsy daisy. Uh, uh, what's up here? Ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh. Please. He's doing, he's doing the hands yeah. up and he's doing this. <laughs> he's just doing, like, closing his hands. Ah. Ah. Oswald, I need a vo- big... I gotta get a baby Bjorn. Yeah. I gotta get a big, beefy boost. <laughs> My uh, Oswald voice is quickly just turning into the Pharaoh from Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I did, I did no, that's slip fair. into the Pharaoh voice a little bit <laughs> when I... <laughs> What I don't even know. What what am I hoping to roll here? Or or I guess the better I roll, the more effective it is. Maybe as you uh, prepare this spell, Florian kind of helping you up. Harcourt is ducking out the other side, rifle in hand, sighting on the door. Amari is off to one side, gun spun up, prepared to open fire. So when this huge double door opens up, and a mirror image of Tux rolls out into the courtyard and you see slung in one of its hands this large cylindrical device that seems to have been grafted into the mech. You stop for a moment and consider all these options. And as things are about to pop off and as Nazir reveals himself, I think we're going to have to figure out exactly what happens here Awari 6, as you confront the children of A-Tier, next time. Because as always, you can find us online at MatcomRPG on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at CryoutOlivia. I am always there talking about D&D and other RPGs and also... Just a lot of other nerd stuff, so come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. 
I'm an illustrator and graphic designer doing a lot of tabletop RPG and other fan art. You can also support me on Patreon and Coffee. Links to both of those are in my Twitter profile. You can find me at The Readamus on Instagram and Twitter, where I post jokes and lots and lots of photos of nature. So come check it out. And you cannot find me on social media, but what you can do is support our show by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please, please, please do so. Indeed, and finally, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at MKGorgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things material components. But as always, the world is chaos, so please, be kind to each other. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.